Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Wow, good morning. Great to see so many beautiful faces today. And uh, for those of you that didn't get to be here Wednesday night, wow. There was, I wasn't here either. I was watching it. I was uh, on the golf cart with my dog, with the iPad, worshiping the Lord and feeling the presence of God so strong through the internet. It was unbelievable. You know, the internet can be used for a lot of bad, but man, it can also be used for something good. And uh, for those of you that didn't get to be here, it was just a night of worship and prayer. Jamie Led did a phenomenal job, and, and uh, I tell you, I was so moved when all across this whole front of this building, uh, the children were lined up. Man, it, it, it's, we got a lot of amazing kids in this place. Matter of fact, I think about half that section over there is young, and then there's some old folks too, so, hey Joe, uh, just kidding. But... Uh, this Wednesday night and next Wednesday night, family night, two, night, two weeks in a row, we're going to spend this Wednesday night, when you get here, come through the doors out there, there'll be a table set up. Uh, you're going to pick up your uh, communion cup and cracker, and uh, because of just safety measures, we're, we're continuing to use the little, you need a science degree to get them open, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so come early, you know, have time to get it ready. Uh, Anyhow, just uh, so you're going to come in, grab those, come on in. We're going to have a night of worship. Uh, I'm going to bring about a 10-minute word on healing. Um, This Wednesday night, we're going to focus on what God's Word has to say. I I have been, you know, perspective's everything, right? It's you go through something, you live your life. You know, I've preached the gospel for the last 40 years of my life, Uh, but I have a whole different... (laughs) mindset. I've realized that a lot of years I preached messages that were the word of the Lord. Powerful, because the word never returns void. Can you say amen to that? But it's a whole different ball game when all of a sudden you're living it. And it's life or death. And you're having to choose what do you really believe? And over the last few weeks, I've come to a few conclusions. Number one is this, God hates sickness. The night I announced to this house that uh, what I was going through 20 months ago, uh, an individual came at the end and said to me, he was 10 feet away, said in a loud enough voice that those around could hear that uh, God was using this to teach me a lesson. And that, uh, that it wasn't going to kill me, but he was going to discipline me. And can I tell you, that is a lie from hell. God doesn't put that stuff on us. The thief, the enemy, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that I might have life, and that life, abundantly. Amen? And so the promise of God's word, and I have found that there are just, there's just so much word that when all of a sudden 
It's either grab a hold of this and let it become life to you, or you could die. And you could die prematurely because the enemy is out to destroy us. But greater is he, come on, greater is he that is in me, in you, than he that is against you. And it's one thing to proclaim that when you're standing up on a pulpit in front of beautiful faces like you guys. It's another thing to be out there all by yourself having to walk it out. And many, many, many of you are in that place in your life where you're having to walk out things because it is the word of the Lord. And as much as it's wonderful that so many hundreds, maybe thousands of people love you and say, I'm with you and you're not having to go through this alone, guess what? You go through some things in this world that if it weren't for Jesus, you would be alone. You can have your beautiful spouse laying right beside you, but you're still having to deal with. Now, the spouse is having to deal with their own thing. I can't imagine being the spouse, but many of you have been. Oh, man, I'm, I got to get to my message. Y'all. This, is, this is appetizer for Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, come, grab your communion, come in here. We're going to worship. I'm going to bring a word. We're going to share communion together, and then we're going to have some fun praying over some folks. We're going to declare the kingdom of God. And I, I want to encourage you this, the next few days. Some of you just need to set a day aside to fast. And they're like, Lord, Pastor, I can't fast a whole day. Okay, set a meal, just one meal between now and Wednesday night. You know, just accidentally forget the meal and then call it a fast. But do something to, by faith, step out and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast for 24 hours. I'm going to fast a meal. But, uh, and, and then really begin to set yourself to pray and say, you, you, hear me. And if you're not one that needs a, a, a prayer or a miracle Wednesday night, then by God, thank you, Jesus. Because you're either in the fire, coming out of the fire, or about to go in the fire. So if right now you're out of the fire and walking, then hallelujah, rejoice. Don't stay at home and say, I don't need this. Because you don't understand what the body of Christ is all about. You see, we need you. If you got that much awesomeness in you, we need you here. Amen. I need some of your awesomeness and faith in agreement so that we can accomplish what God's called us to do. Amen. All right, I got to get into the Word. We're going to continue last couple of weeks. Uh, First of all, thank you, Pastor Jamie. Did a phenomenal job last week. That Word was powerful. It was so strong. Thank you. Uh, But we started a couple of weeks ago on this journey of faith, and uh, I'm going to just continue it for the next couple of weeks. And uh, so as I do, let me just say, first of all, welcome to all of you home folks. I did this a couple weeks ago. How many of you uh, have come into our house since I started this journey I'm on, and I have not had the privilege of meeting you yet? Would you raise your hand and just hold it for a second if I have not got to meet you? Uh, and uh, yeah, we got guys holding other guys' arms up there. I haven't met you, dude. I don't know you. All right. Awesome. Great. Well, I look forward to one of these days uh, soon uh, getting to meet all of you. But it's great to have you. Those that are watching online, welcome today. We bless you. Those that are listening by podcast, pray that you'll be ministered to as well. Open your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read the second half of verse 5 and verse 6. 
And uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to just be reading a whole lot of scripture this morning. And if it's not okay with you, uh, I'm preaching. So uh, (laughs) Hebrews chapter 13, we're continuing this talk about the journey, or you can make it more personal, my journey of faith, our journey of faith. Verse 5, for he has said, talking about the Lord, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Let me just ask you a question. Be honest. How many of you dealt with some kind of fear at least once in your life? Let me see. Okay, that's everybody. If you didn't raise your hand, we'll have a salvation call in a little bit. We've all dealt with some kind of fear. And, uh, but I just threw this scripture in because it, it really uh, doesn't tie into the rest of my message except with the confidence that I want to encourage and remind us that with confidence, I I love how he says it, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. We are not in this battle that we're in. And and if you don't know, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This might be too much for you on a Sunday morning on a beautiful day in July, but, but the enemy is out to destroy you. God is for you. Satan is against you. God wants you to live victorious in every area of your life. God has made provision for every area of our life. See, I am absolutely convinced that probably no one in this room, saved or unsaved alike, has a problem with having faith to believe for salvation. You might not be saved today, but you believe in a God and you know that something's got to change in your life. All of us that are saved had a seed of faith dropped into our hearts, gave us the ability at some point to wake up and realize, help, I need a savior. Can't save myself. And so you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and to save you. Well, that same faith that saves you is also the same faith that can heal you. The same faith that can see you redeemed. The same faith that can see your marriage restored. Same faith that can see wisdom be poured out in your life. Wisdom beyond natural wisdom. You know how I know that? Because James said, he he records that the, the word of the Lord is, if you lack wisdom, ask. Some of you think, now I gotta go get a four year degree in Bible theology to have that kind of wisdom. No, you need to ask Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher of all. I know a lot of brilliant people with a lot of degrees that literally are ignorant when it comes to the things of the kingdom and the spirit. Why? Because they depend upon their natural reasoning. They're learned. They're, they're, they're degrees. When those things are good, they're important. But what's more important is a recognition I need Holy Spirit to reveal this to me in my life. I need the wisdom of God. So everything we have need of was provided to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. I love the first song Jamie picked out this morning, or they sang. I, last night, yesterday I was up here for a while worshiping and praying in the auditorium and just having some wonderful quiet time. 
And, uh, and I had all these scriptures already laid out. And as I was walking around the auditorium praying, and I kept just hearing in my spirit, yes and amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Yeah, I mean, just be declaring that, walking up and down the aisles, up and down the aisles, just declaring yes and amen. Every promise that the Lord has given, even if I have not fully walked in the revelation of it yet, it's still there. Everything that, was ever, that I was going to ever need in my life was provided before I was ever in my mother's womb. Okay? God wasn't waiting on me to show up to come up with an answer to a need. The answers were already provided. And I'm in the back while ago uh, getting ready for service to start, and Jamie kicks out, and the first song they're singing is Yes and Amen. And I'd written the scripture down, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. Find their yes in him, not in anything else, but in Christ Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen, or so be it to God, for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. So even though there's a need in your life that has not yet been met, it's not not yet been manifested, in the spirit realm, you can declare it is as though it already was because God already declared that it is. The only thing that's gonna change is not God. Sometimes we spend a whole lot of time praying about stuff God's already answered. I don't even have time to get in this message because I'd be preaching it first to me (laughs) and then to the rest of us. But, but there are so many times, if we're not careful, that, that we can kick back into religious mindset, religious training, years and years of walking with God, when what the Lord's wanting to do is stir us up so that the stirring in us is going to cause us to run passionately, not with this is the way we've always done it, this must be how God's going to answer this prayer this time but fresh and new. That's, that's why I like, like nights like Wednesday night are so important. Just so important to gather with the saints of God. To be in a place where you just begin to worship and put everything else aside and say, God, I need, I don't know about you guys, but I not only need, I want a fresh touch. I don't want yesterday's manna. I sat down at the table of yesterday's manna, and and it's hard to swallow. You gotta gotta whip up some serious jam and some peanut butter crunchy, mix it all together. And have you ever eaten really good peanut butter and jam on a stale piece of bread? It's still stale, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter how much peanut butter and jelly you put on that thing. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, those, that have walked, those of us that have walked with the Lord a long time, is we, we settle for yesterday's manna when the Lord said, I want I to do something fresh in your life. Can I tell you, I believe that we are entering into what I believe is going to be the greatest outpouring of God's presence on the face of the earth in the history of the world. I believe as darkness gets darker 
Things get wild and crazy. I, yesterday, I got six WhatsApp voice texts from a dear friend, Yenny, Pastor Randy and Yenny from, um, yeah, I was trying to think of it. Where's Oscar? Where's Vicky? Uh, the name of his town. Um, oh, that's why Oscar sounded asleep when I called him this morning. Nobody, nobody told. I was like, Oscar, where are you? Why aren't you taking care of this? Sorry about that, Oscar, if you're watching. Uh, anyhow, uh, there's this precious couple that pastor a church where Oscar was raised, born and raised. Actually, I met this couple. They lived across the street from the house where Oscar was raised and until uh, he was eight. Somehow they were able to get some text messages out yesterday. Man, we just, we got up this morning, you know, Sunday morning, July, a little warm, got dressed, fed our kids, put on our clothes, got in our air-conditioned cars, came to our air-conditioned church, sat in our nice air-conditioned, cushiony seats. We have brothers and sisters in Cuba that love Jesus. Hear me. They're hungry today. They don't know where their friends are. Friends have been beaten. I mean, bloody mess. People are disappearing. People are ending up in jails. They might not ever see them again. And this woman sends me six voice texts encouraging me, praying over me. Pastor, is what we're believing today for you. Wow, I, I can't even comprehend that. One meal a day right now, most of our Cuban friends are getting. Feeding their children one meal a day. Does God love them less than he loves us? To whom much is given, church. Much is required. We, we cannot afford to play church any longer in America apathetic, complacent, come when we want to come, stay away when we want to stay away, just all kinds of things keeping us, interrupting our busy lives about us. It's, it's not enough that COVID hasn't woken up some of the church to run back to God, to, to get back on that journey of faith that says it's going to require something of me to walk for God, to walk with God, that if it's not costing me something, then maybe I'm not on the journey of faith after all. Maybe I'm on the journey of religiosity. Maybe I'm on the journey of comfort. Maybe I'm on the journey of feel good. Yes, I want to go to heaven. No, I don't want to go to hell. But don't be requiring of me. We need to be people of prayer like we've never been before. And I believe there's going to be a move of God, but it's not going to be to those casual inquirers. I believe the move of God will come, and if we're not careful, we could be on the outside looking in and not even realizing what God's doing. Missing out. Missing out on the deeper things of God. My journey of faith, your journey of faith, it's got... It's got to be more than just doing the church thing on Sunday morning. Maybe 50% of us can make it to Wednesday night. Maybe another 25% of us can make it to a small connect group. And yet when you read the scriptures and the church was filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, it says they met daily from house to house. 
because they were on a journey of faith. And that's all they had was faith, hear me, and each other. Each other. As a pastor, there's always a pressure every time I hear from God, just like when I heard from the Lord to start our family night on Wednesday night, the first thing that comes is I'm told how busy our people are. We're busy doing what we want to do. Some of y'all do three kids soccer, two-hour practices a week. Travel out of town with your kid's soccer team. Some coach has convinced you your kid's got something that nobody else has ever had. (laughs) Take it from soccer to dance to baseball to football to basketball. You name it. We do what we want to do. And I believe as this stirring and shaking is going on in our nation, and not only in our nation, but in the world, I believe that there's going to be a coming to Jesus time when we're going to, we're going to begin to realize there's only a couple of things that really matter in my life, and that is that I walk full of faith, full of love, full of hope, surrounded by the body of Christ because I can't make it without it. We, we can't make it alone, isolated, doing our own thing. We get off into all kind of weird stuff, religious stuff. We say things to your pastor like, God's using this sickness to discipline you. Just let's get back to the word of God. Let's just, what does God's word have to say? That by his stripes, you are already healed. So therefore, if you're already healed, you really don't have to pray one time in faith. Then you set yourself to begin to proclaim. I've been learning how to use my tongue to proclaim the word of God over, hear me, every single circumstance that's attacking my body. I mean, just proclaiming it. Declaring it. I get a pain right here. Man, I put my hand right there and I start speaking to it in the name of Jesus. I can run to get some drugs or I'm learning to run to Jesus. Because everything you put in you has a reaction to the action of what you put in. I mean, in the last 20 months, I've had more chemo run through my body. The fact I'm standing upright to me is a miracle of God. And I've been, I've been having this stirring in my spirit. How long? How long are you willing? I, I'm on my own journey. Today, maybe I'm preaching a message to me, and y'all can just all sit out there and shout amen. Pastor, you really need this. I'm praying for you. I'm praying you get this finally, Pastor. We are really praying for you. But everybody in this room's on a journey. Everybody's going through something. If it's not a sickness or a need of a healing, maybe it's a marriage situation or a financial situation, a relational situation, a, a depression situation, a, a loneliness situation, a suicidal situation. There are every imaginable attack of the enemy coming against us. And we have to get back to the Word of God and say, what does it have to say? And I'm finding out God's word has something to say about everything I go through. Everything that you go through, there's a word. Let me me start reading again. Y'all messing with me. 
It was not my fault. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to read these couple verses out of the message version. I don't read this a lot, and especially don't read it for your theology, but every once in a while it has some good, encouraging stuff. Verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation. Say firm foundation. Is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. That's faith. What's the series that Harrison Ford played in years ago? The, there was like 21 of them or something. I don't know. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Young people don't even know. I mean, that's like way too old. It's like, who? <laughs> but those of us older, you, maybe the older millennials and not. But, you know, in that one scene where he's reunited with his dad and, and uh, they're, they, they're uh, in the cave, whatever, and his dad gets shot, and he's told he's got to do this thing to save his dad's life. And, and uh, so he takes off running, and he runs up to the edge of this cliff, and he's got to get to the other side. And there's nothing there. And all of a sudden, he backs up, and he starts quoting Scripture. Come on, somebody. And as he quotes, all of a sudden he starts walking again, and then all of a sudden, bam, that step out into midair. Well, that's one step, but it's this second one <laughs> that's going to tell the tale. Because as the first one's going down to nothing, the second one's coming up. And all of a sudden, as he steps up and out, and that left leg comes up, boom, the stones all of a sudden are there. And he walks across that in so many ways. That is what your faith really looks like. Say, well, I hope I have faith. But when you step out to trust God, you literally are leaving everything else behind you. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that literally affects every area of our lives. We as parents have to our, our children need more than just to be brought to church, brought to jam, brought to a class. By the grace of God, every parent's responsibility in their children's life is to bring them to faith. To faith. To, to help them to begin to understand, first of all, what is faith, mommy? What is faith, dad? Because honestly, 
What do they really have to bleed for? They got everything. How do you teach your child to have faith in God when they have everything that they want or desire? I bet there's not a kid in this place that has a bucket list that hasn't already been met. Because you parents, I know. I'm not on Facebook, but I hear about y'all. Some of y'all like to post everything y'all do with your kid. Like the rest of us are really interested. I mean, I'm serious. I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you really think I care that you're standing in line for 45 minutes and it's a small world after all, in the heat and humidity of Florida, and you post 17 pictures of how darling your little kids look. I mean, hear me, hear me. Some of you say, yeah, but all your grandkids, all your kids live around you and your grandkids are always there and all. If they go to Disney World, I'm not looking at those pictures. I mean, I'm just not. I'd rather, I'd rather the kids come over, get on the golf cart, all 10 of them, and Roxy. It's totally illegal. <laughs> and ride around and listen to these kids talk. Right. Tell their stories. Yeah. Talk about what's important to them. But somehow we have to find a way to, to teach and to get our children to hunger after a faith in God. Because they're not going to just get it by coming to church. They got to have a move of God in their life. They have to experience faith. A personal, intimate encounter with the living God. How does that happen in 2021 when our kids have everything? I don't know, I'm a grandfather, I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) I'm past that season in my life. I'm praying for all you parents. I mean, how many hours? Oh, how many hours have you spent driving them to gymnastic training? Soccer, basketball, football, baseball, fishing, hunting, hours. How much time have you spent sitting down, having a one-on-one with your child that the only thing that you're ever going to get to experience in heaven eternally with is nothing that you possess or any of the little 47 trophies they're going to be given, which none of them want, I know, because I have three sons full of boxes of trophies in my attic that I cannot get rid of. And man, I remember when they got those and they were, that was so important for like one minute. They gave hours of their life to get this plastic trophy. But what did they know about the things of God? Do they know how to hear the voice of God? 
Do they know how to quiet themselves? A quiet time in his presence where, where they're learning at an early age. Say, well, pastor, come on. You really think kids can do that? David was out on the pasture field tending to the sheep of his daddy playing his harp and singing songs to God that he did not have the opportunity to know in a personal way like we do because we have Jesus Christ. And yet David loved God, worshiped God. When the, when the prophet came to Jesse and said, hey, one of your sons is called and set apart, anointed by God. Bring them to me, one by one. All of them showed up, except for the runt of the family. Jesse forgot about him. God had not forgot about him. We have to focus on teaching and pouring into our children. That's why nights of worship are so important. And don't let your kids come to the house of God with their iPads or their coloring books. I guess if they still do that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. Used to years ago, it'd be, kids would be everywhere on the floor with their coloring books, but now everybody's stuck like this with an iPad. Said to a couple of my Greg kids the other day, I wanted them to come over, but they could only come over if they left their iPads at home. And he shook his head like, I can't come then. <laughs> okay, you're lost, not mine. I'm going to have a good time with the others. We, 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 have to, we have to focus on teaching our children. Man, none of this is in my message. No, what this has to do with the journey of faith. I guess it has everything to do with it. Everything. Hear me, and before you judge one of my grandkids for their iPad usage, <laughs> point your fingers at yourself. Because I see them, man. Y'all drive up in church parking lot. You go to the window to say hi. Window opens, and none of the kids even speak to you because every one of them are on something. There's only a few things that have eternal value. Don't let the enemy. Don't let being tired, mommy. Don't let being tired, daddy, be the excuse that you let something else babysit and teach your children because you're too tired to do it. Because you will answer to the Father one day when your children no longer have a heart after God. They don't want to come to church anymore. We have to guard and protect our children. Sometimes that means, man, just start turning off all the electronic stuff. How about you as adults, when, you, when, you, when pastor stands up and says, hey, we're going to fast for a week, or we're going to fast for whatever, we're going to hear from the Lord, we're going to spend some time quiet ourselves. Yeah. Man, it, it, isn't it like you go into all kind of withdrawals? <laughs> like television, you know, I, I got to turn my TV on. No, turn it off. Got to have music. No. Yeah, but it's worship music. No, turn it off. The Lord's not going to shout to you to get your attention. He's not going to shout over your 
rattle song. And rattle's a great song. But sometimes he wants you to get quiet. And, and so whatever that means for you, whatever you have to do to bring that discipline into your life, to get up earlier. I got a, a text yesterday from one of my precious daughter-in-laws um, of a sunrise. And my first thought was, that's miraculous. I didn't know she had ever been up early enough to see sunrise. <laughs> hey, Jess, I love you, baby. <laughs> They're on vacation right now. And I got my third picture in a row this morning. And so we were laughing. We were talking back and forth. She said, Dad, she said, I, I just, it so blessed me to see the sunrise. I thought about you. So she sent me the picture. And I said, thank you, baby. You know how much I love a good sunrise. She said, it is. I said, see what you miss when you don't get up in the morning. And she said, I know, Dad, it's so beautiful. But you know I love my sleep. And I said, baby, I love my sleep too. But, but I'm in bed at 930 at night. Now I know I don't have three small kids. And I'm not working a 12-hour shift at the hospital. But in all reality, all of us have to work around. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you haven't been up early enough to experience sunrise, wow. There's something you're missing. You get out on an early morning walk, and there ain't nobody out there but the deer, and the squirrels, and the rabbits, turkeys. <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> well, I don't live in Tioga, that's for certain. <laughs> Uh, I live in the country, but uh, uh, I, I guess you can get a video of those animals and walk with it when you're walking. But, but where I live this morning, Roxy and I actually saw a deer. We saw several turkeys. We saw a couple rabbits, about 30 squirrels, you know. And, and, uh, but, but we're just out there walking in, in the quietness of the early morning. I, I, I want to I tell you something. This is just my own personal opinion. You can't ever get that late at night can't get it late at night. Now, I know a whole bunch of y'all, at least 50, how, how many of y'all are late night people? Go ahead, confess it. It's okay. Raise your hand nice and Just let me see. Yeah, some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah. y'all should stop lying in church. It's okay to be a late night person. We're, we're not all going to be early risers or, I mean, my wife and I are complete opposites on everything. I mean, I, I go to bed at night. I walk through the room and say, good night, baby, love you. I, I'm out of here, you know. I don't, I don't know when she comes to bed. When, I mean, sometimes she wakes me up because she's wanting to cuddle, you know, crawls up over there and pulls me. I'm like, I am sound asleep, and it's good. It's good. I am not complaining. 42 years of cuddling. That's why I got married right there. Come on, somebody. She can wake me up anytime she wants to cuddle. But, but you know, I, I, I'm normally in bed. I sleep. Now, I'm not Mama Hyatt or Ron Hyatt, but Mama Hyatt, she's in bed like before dark. But at 3.30 in the morning, she's walking through her neighborhood praying in the Holy Ghost, man. It's just like, I know there ain't a devil in hell that'll go near that neighborhood where she lives. She's out there early in the morning walking, praying, standing in the gap. Now, everybody can't do that or be that way. But... But boy, do you need to find that place in your life where, where your quiet time, it's fresh. Where faith begins to get stirred inside of you. Where you hear God say, step out. 
I said, Lord, but, but I, 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 don't, I don't know where. And God says, step out. Trust me. Have faith. I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to help you walk through this. I'm going to be there for you every step of the way. Some of you are in situations relational where you need a word of the Lord and you need to learn how to step out in faith and obey the voice of God in that situation. Some of you in marriage, oh my gosh, you have to learn how to fight the fight of faith for your marriage instead of against the person you're married to. I don't have time for marriage getaway right now, but, 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 but can I tell you, if we would fight near as hard for our marriages as we fight against our marriages, we would stop having divorce in the house of God. It would stop. It would cease. When all of a sudden it's like, yes, we're fighting. But we're fighting with each other. We're fighting for each other. We're fighting against the enemy that would come to still kill and destroy our life, our marriage, our home. There's nobody in the world out there better for me than Suzanne Mikay Brantley. Why in the world would I let a spat or anything else say, yeah, but preacher, you don't know who I live with. Well, that's the problem right there is you think it's the person you live with. When, when, when you're not walking in faith for your own life, first of all, God, change me. People don't go to the divorce courts when it's God, change me. They get, the, they get to that line at the courthouse when it's, if you don't change, I'm done with you. You fight, but you're not fighting the right way. We got to fight. Marriages, bam, bam. I've had people say, oh, we've never had an argument in our life. You're not married. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but you ain't married. Oh, my, my husband, my wife, they're, they're the most amazing things. Well, you're a wuss. I'm sorry. I don't even agree with myself all the time. Sometimes I walk down the road, me and Roxy, and Roxy's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Because I'm talking to myself. I'm like, you're an idiot. I can't believe you said that last week in church. Do you even really believe that? Because I'm talking to myself. I'm, I'm having to come to grip with, do I really believe what I said or did it just preach well? So I'm having a discussion. So I know if I'm having a discussion with me and I live with her, we're going to have some discussions. 42 years worth of discussions. There's nothing we haven't discussed. We've never drawn blood. She's only cussed me twice, I believe. I've never cussed her except in my heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all didn't come to church for this this morning. I'm just, this is just me. I'm just real. This is reality. Y'all are so perfect and holy and righteous. But you're not. Making up. Whoo, sweet Jesus. 
That's worth having a good argument for every once in a while. I mean, just every once in a while when it's get, gotten too normal, just have a good spat so you got to make up. But faith for your marriage. I got scriptures to read. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, verse 17. What time am I supposed to stop? I got nowhere to go. <laughs> Romans 10, verse 17. So faith, say faith, faith. comes from hearing. hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Hearing comes through the word of of Christ. That's how you get to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because we're hearing the word of God. And in hearing, one of the things I've started doing over the last few weeks is I've, I've started listening to scriptures um, out loud on, on my prayer walks. And, and uh, right now, because of my health sake, I'm forcing myself and I'm walking four or five times a day, uh, anywhere from 10 to 12, 14,000 steps to the high, highway and back. And, and uh, man, it's hot and it's humid and I want to quit. But, but I, I have begun to discipline myself to turn on the word and to just hear that word. Now, there's something about reading the word as well that you can't get when you're listening to somebody else read it. Because your mind never gets distracted when you're reading it. Sometimes when I'm read, I mean, when I'm listening to somebody else read, all of a sudden you get distracted and you gotta hit re reverse 10 seconds or, oh no, another 10 seconds. I didn't get that either, another 10. You go back 30 seconds. But there's something about hearing the word. And, uh, and if anybody ever can come across an app where it's like the ESV or the New King James Version and their voice is not weird, would you send it to me, please? <laughs> this morning I tried a new one and, and they're, like, they're like serious King James Version. Saith truly doeth thouest. I'm like, what are they saying? I, I just, Hector's sending me one right now. Thank you, Hector. But uh, man, man, you got to get something that you can relate to. Amen? But, but you start listening that word. And what happens? Faith rises up. Faith rises up. Last week, I was at the clinic. I'll be there again tomorrow. And uh, two precious people that I had an opportunity to talk to made a statement to me about multiple myeloma. And I had just made the statement that the doctors, after 20 months, two transplants, four very serious rounds of chemo, going through neutropenia three times, four times, Recovering from that, that after all of that, the doctors still could not get me in remission. And immediately, out of the goodness of their heart, they start saying, it's okay, don't worry about it. You're going to be like this the rest of your life. And we're just going to treat you for the rest of your life. You know, kind of like if you were a diabetic or you had heart disease and you're just going to, this is, this is going to be, in a sense, they're saying this is going to be your lot in life. And I had to clamp down my mouth until I got outside. And I got outside and I looked around, there was nobody there. And I said, no, 
I declared it. I just shouted. To whom? To the enemy? To the liar? To the thief? To myself. I said, no. That's not what God's word says. If God's word says that by the stripes of Jesus Christ and by what he accomplished on the cross that I am saved, and I'm saved when I don't feel it, I'm saved when I don't look it, I'm saved even when I don't act it, I'm saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and nothing I do, I can earn salvation, do I deserve salvation, or can I buy salvation? Salvation is a free gift of God to me, and so is healing. So 40 years of preaching has brought me to a place where I've said, Father, preach many messages for you, through you, by you, anointed about healing. But it's a whole different ball game when all of a sudden I'm the one that has to walk this out. It's no longer just anoint someone with oil, pray the prayer of faith, boom, it's over. And so, boy, am I doing a lot of studying in the Word of God today about all the miracles Jesus did, all the healings that took place. And hear me, for any of you that are tempted to write me a long text after service (laughs) and give me your great theological answer, to why I'm not yet in remission. Just hold your breath. Because this is a journey, my journey of faith. And what I need from you is prayer of encouragement, prayer of support, prayer of faith. Somebody's texting me right now. My back is just vibrating. <laughs> I hope that's you, Hector, not somebody that just got offended with me. (laughs) I don't care, honestly. Why? Because this is my journey. You know? And your your belief system is not going to do what I believe. That I have to receive by faith in obedience to the word that God has for me at this time, at this moment. And this is not, this journey of faith, this is not all about Pastor George and what he's going through because everybody in this room, I can start calling some of y'all out. I know your stories. Sometimes I think, wow, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what so-and-so are going through, what their business is going through, what their what they're going through with their child or, or their children or the unsaved parent. or I mean, everybody has a journey. What I want us to do is to be stirred to not settle for church. Because what God wants to do is so much more than just this. And as he does it in us, I believe we're going to be a part of something that's amazing and significant that's going to be a part of that which touches the world. I I believe it with everything in me. I believe I'm going to live long enough to see 
what we went through in the 70s in the Jesus movement look like elementary. I believe we're going to see an outpouring of the amazing goodness. That's why we as a church, hear me, and I got, I got to close. So, Krista, somebody get up here, please help me. They were supposed to already be up here. I just shut down. I didn't realize it was this late. Hear me. We have to get ready as a church for the outpouring that God's going to do in the country. Because if we don't, he will bypass us. Some church down the street will get what's rightfully ours. That's why every person in this house that's saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, prays in tongues, needs to be faithful beyond anything you've ever been in your entire life. Not because it's what I have to do, it's what I get to do. It's what I get to do. I get to be a person of faith. And and because of it, I am faithful. Faithful to the house of God, faithful to prayer. Man, we got more prayer meetings going on right now. And they are the smallest group of meetings that go on all week long. Why? Because some of us haven't got it yet, how important prayer is. Wait till we're desperate. Then we try to learn how to pray. Man, we got Saturday night prayer. We got Sunday morning, two prayer meetings on Sunday morning here. Nine o'clock in the back. Fabe and them have a great group praying. 9.45 in the auditorium. Now, all you have to do is come to church 15 minutes early and you can check more, at least get to one prayer meeting. Okay, look, I'm just talking to you as daddy now. Because if we're disciples of Christ, what's important to Jesus, hear me, eventually has to become important to me. Oh yeah, I made it to church, got my check mark. Oh, I I get it to church just in time. Well, some of you don't, because I stand back there during worship and I look out my back window and I'm shocked how many cars pull in this property at 1020. How is that? Is worship to the one true living God? Ooh, I'm about to offend some folks. Don't Don't get offended. Don't be offended. Hear me. If you're missing worship, wow, you're missing an opportunity to be touched by God, to prepare your heart, soul, mind, and body to receive the Word of God. There is something that happens in a person's life when they worship. Hear me. That's why all hell will work against you to keep you out of the place of worship here in the public house of God and at home in your private life. TV, television, your favorite movie, your sports event, whatever. Don't let it rob you of what Father has for us. Because if we do not prepare, meaning we have to get ready for lost people, sick people, hurting people, down and outers, up and outers, weirdos. You remember when you was one? God still loved you enough to save you. Now you're a saved weirdo. Come on, somebody. You're just weird. That's just who you are. It's okay. Because he loves you. Weird people can reach weird people. People with black fingernails can reach other people with black fingernails. We, We have to get connected 
We got to get reconnected in small groups throughout this whole house. Everybody that's a part of this house, everybody needs to be in a small group. And some of you are, man. Some of you are in two or three groups. Some of you lead a group, go to a group, and visit other groups. That's okay, man. Because we need each other. Men need men to sit around and to have a face-on-face conversation. And it's okay in men's group to talk about what men are always going to talk about. Fishing, hunting, golf, sports. I mean, it's just reality. Don't, you don't have to fight it. It's who you are. Just like when the gals get together. Oh, you, I love your shoes. Ooh, where'd you get those shoes? Man, those shoes look nice. Ooh, I hope you didn't pay top dollar for those shoes. How many shoes you got anyhow at your house? One of my grandsons walked in my closet a few months ago and he came out and he's scratching his head. He's in my closet for a long time. I'm like, why, what are you doing in there? He's like, Baba, you know how many shoes you got? Are all those your shoes? You got tennis shoes and hunting shoes and boot shoes and little shoes and flip-flop shoes. And I said, it ain't none of your business. I got every one of them on sale. And I said, when you get older like your daddy, you can come in and just take two or three pairs like your daddy does. Every once in a while, I'll be worshiping up here on the front row and I look down and like, Andrew, those are nice shoes. Man, I'm just throwing the Andrew Brantley family under the bus today. It's, it's what they get for being on vacation, man. Find out something for Stella and Scarlett here so they don't feel left out. Hear me, church. Faith for the journey. And we're all on a journey. God, what are you saying to us? What are you saying to me? What is my part? Where do I need to step it up? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to take it to a whole nother level in my walk, in obedience? See, with the word faith, you got love, you got hope, you got discipline, you got obedience. I mean, there there are just so many amazing words that tie in to this. Jesus said it this way, have faith in God. Have faith in God. But you can't have faith in God and walk a life of disobedience. Can't be sleeping with your girlfriend when she's not your wife. Come on, somebody. Can't be sleeping with somebody else's wife when she's not your wife. Can't be sleeping with the same sex. You you can't be doing your own thing because the world has said, it's okay, you were created like this. No, you were born in the image and likeness of God Almighty. And we have all kinds of things that our flesh loves, but we don't give in to that. Why? Because I don't like the fruit of what comes out of that decision. I like the fruit of what comes out of obedience. I like faith to rise up in my heart, faith to believe for the things that God has for me. So I want to encourage you. First of all, I want to encourage you to come Wednesday night. I mean, 
there's just not a whole lot of reasons to stay away. We're gonna gather here. We're gonna do something very powerful when we take communion together, when we break bread and drink the cup of the Lord Jesus Christ, His blood, His body, broken and shed for you and I. We're gonna do that corporately together. There's something powerful about taking communion together. We're gonna worship together. I'm believing that God's gonna set some of you free in this house that you're gonna stop caring about what anybody else, what you think in your mind, anybody else thinks about how you worship God or not. Because in the end, and the end's coming quicker than you realize, your days on this earth are numbered. You're passing through. There's only one thing that's gonna matter when it's all said and done. Well done, now good and faithful, enter in. And, And you're not gonna be ashamed to enter in lifting up holy hands. You won't lift up holy hands and worship him here and now. Let God take you to the next place in him. Let him heal your heart, your brokenness. Let him show you that this journey of faith that he wants you to walk on, that there, that there is the opportunity to show forth the power and the glory of God in your life because you chose to say yes to God. God, help my unbelief. I don't don't want one ounce of unbelief left in my life. Whatever you're wanting to do in my life, help me to overcome every spirit of fear, doubt, unbelief, every lie of the enemy, every, every word that comes even from good people. You see, right now, this journey I'm on, I'm I'm having to block everybody out. Because I got a whole lot of good, godly, righteous people that have an opinion about the medical arena and what I should or should not do. And I appreciate their heart. I I appreciate their learned, uh, their, their medical advice. I appreciate the things that I can't understand. I've never been trained in that. But somewhere along the line, I've got to hear God's voice, God's word. And if it goes contrary to everything everybody else around thinks I should do, will I walk in faith? Will I say, God, Help my unbelief. I'm stepping out here. And if you're not there to catch me, I'm going to sink. And I'm going to be a reproach to your kingdom. And your name will not be glorified. Can I tell you something? God never gets glory out of sickness. Five of you agree. We, We have been brainwashed about sickness and disease and this world we're living in and what we're supposed to, to be and do and have. And that's why we're so quick to go to the counter, the medicine counter, before we run to God. I've been guilty. I've been there. But I'm at a place and stage in my life right now where I can't afford to just stay there any longer because it will be death. And I want my life to glorify him. I want to live and not die to preach the glory of the kingdom of God, not only in Gainesville, Florida, but wherever in the world God wants to take me. 
not for my glory, but for his glory, that he will be glorified. Why? In the sickness, look, man, he's just graced you to help you to get through one more day. I believe he has graced me to get through one more day. But there's greater glory in being the healed of the Lord. Amen. To be in the complete in Christ Jesus. Would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you that you are leading us on this journey of faith. I am thankful that we have been justified by faith and that we have peace with you, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ and that our hope is completely, completely in you alone. I pray over this whole family, the people of The Rock, those watching online, those listening on a podcast, that in each of our lives, that we're willing to quiet ourselves and to say, okay, God, I know what you're doing in pastor's life. I know what you're doing in my connect group leader's life. I know what you're doing in someone else's life, a friend, but Lord, I need my life to glorify you. I need, desire, and want to be a person of faith living out the promises that you have for me. But to do it, God, I cannot stay in this same place doing the same thing that I've always done and get any different results. I can't continue to pray prayers that I've prayed for years and never got the result that I believe was your word. Help me to realize, Father, you do not fail and your word does not fail. Therefore, if I'm praying prayers that never get answered, Lord, help me to maybe see that I'm praying the wrong prayers. Help me to know how to pray, how to hear, how to respond. So I pray over us as a people. I'm thankful that you're not mad at us, God. You're not angry with us. You love us. You have a future and a hope for each and every one of us. You have a purpose and a plan for every one of our lives. And where we have missed it, forgive us. Where we need to stretch out our faith life. Help us to no longer be comfortable with the norm. Help us to change. Father, I pray that you would stir within every man, every woman, every young person. Stir within us the revelation of a faith journey that's beyond anything we've ever dreamed or imagined before. We want to be a part of what you're doing in these last days. We want to be a part of a great outpouring, God. Help us to position ourselves, to line up our faith, our obedience, our agreement with your word so that we're not left out, left behind, playing church, doing the same old stuff. We 
desire you, oh God. This week when we gather on Wednesday, Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will fill this place. Your presence will consume us, oh God, that we will come in here hungering and thirsting to worship you, to experience the fullness of your glory. Father, those that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, those that need to have a prayer language released in their life, that they will come hungry to be touched by God. Those that are hurting in their bodies, sick and in need, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, that they will prepare their heart all week, that when they come in this place, let it be done according to your word, oh God. Touch our children. Lord, let us help us as parents and grandparents to not sit back and allow the enemy of our children's lives to rob them of what's most important in their lives, the kingdom of God. Fill our kids with your Holy Spirit. Let them, let them have a passion and a fire from an early age. Help us to help them to know you. Father, I thank you for that. Would you just remain with your head bowed for a moment, believers, would you pray? If you're in this room or watching online today and you do not have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, his son, if you've not started this journey of faith that you've heard me talk about today, today can be the most exciting, wonderful Sunday in July in 2021 that you could ever imagine. Jesus is knocking at your heart's door, wants to come into your life, wants to save you, wants to give you the very purpose in which he created you. He loves you so much. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter all your raggedy sins and your messed up life. He came because we were messed up. And he died for us before we ever committed our first sin. He loves you so much. If you're watching online in just a moment, I will lead us in a prayer. Pray that prayer with us and then reach out to the church this week. If you're in this auditorium right now, just between you, me, and God, you want Jesus to be Lord of your life today. Would you just lift up your hand right where you are across this congregation? Yes, sir, God bless you. You want today to make the Lord, Jesus Christ, Lord of your life. God bless you, yes, dear, bless you. You can put it down once I've seen it. God bless you, yes, thank you. I don't want to leave anyone out. This is your opportunity, man. Jesus is here today. Loves you so much. Ready to forgive you of every sin you ever committed. He loves you. Anyone else want to join these? All right, I'm gonna ask everybody to pray this prayer with me right where you're sit seated. Pray this simple prayer. You're watching online. You're listening on podcasts. Pray this prayer. Pray it in faith. Say, Father God, I come to you in need of a Savior. And I wanna say thank you for giving Jesus to me to die on the cross for my benefit. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Religion's not enough. Trying to be good is not enough. 
I cannot save myself. So Jesus, I'm inviting you right now. Come into my life. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all of my past, all of my failures, all of my rejection of you. I surrender all of that today at the foot of the cross. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I receive you and I choose you all the rest of the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for these this morning that responded. God bless y'all. I'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.